and welcome to Plus 16 Hours. My name is Jake Yurick, and this is Episode 9, One Day in Taipei. This trip to Taipei, Taiwan was spontaneous and booked just three days ago, but it has been amazing, so I wanted to share even if it is a little bit off the cuff. I am sitting in my hotel room at the Hotel Proverbs, having just walked about 15 miles today. My takeaway is that Taipei is a bustling, modern, thriving city that is definitely worth a visit. It is one of the tallest buildings in the world and a world-class transportation system. Also, the people here are very fashionable. Not that I'm an authority on the topic and very friendly as well. I arrived to the Taipei airport at 4.45 a.m. this morning and hit the ground running until right about now. Uh, We are approaching midnight here. My goal was simple. See the sights, eat the food, and make it back to the airport tomorrow morning in time for my flight to Japan. I had a 24-hour metro pass, which I used to scoot around the city all day, and it only cost the equivalent of about five US dollars. I basically saw the whole city, from Dan Park, which is a Central Park equivalent, uh, to temples, monuments, memorials, did a hike, and also saw the famous Taipei 101. Plus, the food scene was out of control, uh, from traditional Taiwanese breakfast to bubble tea, which has been um, popular here since the 1980s and is actually originally from Taiwan, as it gains popularity elsewhere in the world, uh, and all the way to the night markets that had amazing dumplings and sweet potato dishes and even peanut ice cream. So here are a few highlights. Um, First off, the history here is so interesting. Uh, Taiwan is an area that has been influenced by a lot of outsiders, especially in the last 400 years. Uh, The Spanish, the Dutch, the Japanese, and the Chinese have all played a big role here. Uh, The history, like I said, is fascinating, and especially over the last 70 years or so since the end of World War II and the Chinese Civil War. And the story is not yet fully written. Uh, There is a lot of tension with China at the moment, and all I can say is that the vibes in Beijing when I was there in January and here in Taipei were very different. And there is no question that if uh, Beijing were to annex Taiwan, for example, the people here would have to make big adjustments in their lives. Now, one interesting way that this uh, historical influence has manifested itself in the city is through the city planning. For example, uh, the Japanese historically like wide streets and grids. Um, Think of some of the massive boulevards in Paris or the grid of New York City. The Chinese, on the other hand, built narrow winding streets. Think London, because they were for pedestrians. This contrast makes it so that it's very easy to tell when a part of a city was built. However, Lore says that Uh, The Chinese building winding streets was actually because of zombies. Yes, zombies. In Chinese stories, zombies could only hop forward in a straight line, not stagger in any direction like we we see in The Walking Dead. So if the street was curved, they would run into walls and fall over. Zombie apocalypse solved. Makes all the sense in the world to me. Uh, Another way that the eclectic past of Taiwan has shown itself is through religion. Uh, There are many important temples throughout the city, but they seem to be a mix of religions like Buddhism and Taoism, among other things. Uh, I heard it described generally as Chinese folk religion. 
However, one piece stuck out. When locals communicate with their gods, they do it in, on two levels. The first one is single-way communication. That is essentially praying normally, as, as many people do, um, with an incense candle. Uh, that way, the smoke, uh, as it rises up in the sky, takes their prayers up to the heavens with it. Totally makes sense. The second is two-way communication, and that is with divination blocks. You may have seen them before. Um, they're blocks that are rounded on one side and flat on the other. And so when you have a problem that's weighing on you, you ask the gods directly for help. This is the two-way communication bit. You first state your name, uh, your full name, address, and birthday. And then you ask a clear yes or no question and throw the blocks on the ground. If you get one rounded side up and one flat side up, it means yes to whatever your question was. If you get two rounded sides up, then it means no, and the gods are displeased. However, if you have both flat sides up, and so you can imagine this with the rounded blocks, they're kind of wobbling back and forth, it means that the gods are either laughing at your question, and that's kind of the wobbling, um, or it's a question that you already know the answer to, I have known the answer to all along. Uh, and so it takes some interpretation there. But when I first walked into one of the temples this morning, before I knew about this, I just thought there were all these old people throwing dice or something, and I was completely floored. All I could do is watch, completely fascinated, and learn. Um, <laughs> and I had many people offering to help me because English is, you know, kind of prevalent here. And uh, I think they could tell that I, I was quite confused about, <laughs> about what was happening. <laughs> Um, so last thing I have to touch on is the Taipei 101. It is incredible. It's the second tallest building in the world with a tip almost 1,700 feet in the air. It is visible from many different parts of the city, but there is a great hike you can do uh, called Elephant Mountain uh, right near the city center where you get an unobstructed view that is fantastic. Um, then, less than 30 minutes later, because um, it doesn't take very long to get back down the mountain and into the city, you can go up to the observatory and to the open air deck on the 91st floor, which gives you a completely new perspective of Taipei. Um, and just to, to give a sense of the scale and the grandeur of this building, uh, they have the fastest passenger elevator in the world. And my ears on the way up, which took about 45 seconds, had to, had to equalize four times. Um, and you can just tell how fast you're, you're changing elevation. Uh, and when I went in the late afternoon so that I could see the view during the day, uh, watch the sunset, and then the view at night. Uh, and it did not disappoint. Um, it was actually surprisingly calm up there um, with the wind from what you might expect. Uh, but in eighth grade, this building was included as part of a project I did for geometry class, and I never thought in a million years, never crossed my mind that I would end up in Taiwan. It was such a foreign concept for me at the time, um, which, which is pretty cool to see it in real life. Well, moving on, uh, to close, per usual, I have some timbits. Um, so I was recently reading an article where Asian travelers um, had, I guess, generally been giving Sydney, Australia, some really great reviews. Uh, but one thing that they're, they're wondering about is where the warm drinking water was. Now, this may seem like a foreign concept to people in the U.S. because we absolutely adore cold drinking water. But there are actually health benefits of drinking room temperature or slightly warm water. Uh, in Taipei, I found there were both options 
uh, in many places that you went. And so at these water stations, there is options for hot or cold. And you, you hit a button much like you might have a, an office water cooler um, where you kind of hit a button at the office. Uh, and because the water comes from the same tap, it can sometimes take a second for the temperature to change. So when I first pressed the cold water button, uh, the, literally in English, the machine screamed at me, be patient, be patient, in this little weird high-pitched voice. Uh, and so I guessed that I must have not been the first English-speaking person that almost got burned by this hot water when I thought I was going to get something cold uh, in my water bottle. So that was something that interesting when I, I kind of made that connection from, from Sydney and then experienced the warm water phenomenon um, here in Taiwan. Uh, but as the last thing to say, I said to say smiles are the best. I can't tell you how many people were in awe of the same thing as me today. And even though we did not speak the same language, a smile made us understand things in an instant. Uh, so keep smiling, folks. And that's all I've got. But today was definitely very high up there on my all-time travel days. I am off to Japan tomorrow for skiing. And watch out for another podcast soon. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>